Well, greetings, greetings, and welcome to the show. This is Wrong Place Right Crime. I am your host, Frank Zafiro, and this is an open and shut episode with J.J. Hensley. Now, J.J. has been a police officer. He's been a Secret Service agent. And if you follow him on social media, he's also a very funny guy. So he's written a couple of series, and we're going to talk about them. Uh, but first, let's take care of a little bit of business. Uh, Wrong Place or Right Crime is proudly sponsored by Down and Out Books. Down and Out Books is a mid-sized publisher of crime fiction, most of it at the darker and grittier end of the spectrum. Uh, JJ is a Down and Out author. I have books at Down and Out. Uh, they are a great publisher. And if you want to learn more about their books, you can go to downandoutbooks.com. That's Down and Out Books, all spelled out, dot com. Down and Out Books, take the journey with us. And now let's meet JJ Hensley. Well, hey, JJ, welcome to the show. Thanks. Thanks for having me. You know, we uh, talked before uh, we started recording and uh, we met once before at a writer's conference uh, briefly, uh, but we travel in a lot of the same circles, uh, same publisher, a lot of the same uh, other authors that we're both uh, familiar with. It's it's kind of amazing to to me that this is only the second time I've ever talked to you live. Right. I think we just missed each other recently in, uh, uh, where, where was the last, uh, BoucherCon? Dallas. Dallas. Yeah. We just, just missed each other in Dallas as I, I flew in and then did a panel and spent a day and then flew right back out. Well, uh, for folks maybe that aren't familiar with, uh, with you and if they aren't, they should definitely follow you on Twitter. You're, you're, you're a funny guy and, uh, uh get a laugh several times a week out of your, your tweets. Maybe you could uh, share just a little bit of your background because it's an interesting background. I think a lot of people will be intrigued by it. Well, I'm uh, see, I'm a former police officer, uh, which isn't funny at all, um, and I'm a former Secret Service agent, which is even less funny. I'm not known for our comedy routines, and I then I'm a current uh, still still work for the federal government in a different capacity now on the training side of things. And uh, then uh, years ago, uh, back when I was uh, getting, actually when I was still working with the Secret Service and, and I was in the Washington, D.C. area, my wife and I were really big into uh, crime fiction. We were, we were always big into crime fiction, reading crime fiction, and we were listening to a lot of crime fiction uh, because of audiobooks and being in the D.C. traffic, which is just horrendous. And we would listen to the same audiobooks and read the same books and we would sit at night and talk to each other about those books, which this is before we had a child. So we sat and talked and um, <laughs> then um, eventually she, she suggested uh, that I try to try to write a book. Cause we would talk about things we liked, things we didn't like things that we would do different and, and that. And at the time I was, I was traveling all over the country with secret service and, and working crazy hours and, and everything. So, um, then I took another job in the Pittsburgh area on the training side of things and for the government. And, and that's when later on I, I did, did write a book called Resolve and, and it met with some success and things took off from there. Um, so since then I've written, uh, I guess seven and now my seventh or eighth novel is, is I sent it to the publisher just yesterday. So, um, now I've lived in most recently, um, Pittsburgh, for about 10 years and now I'm in the Savannah, Georgia area where it's currently about 78 degrees. Um, and my wife's on a business trip up to back to back up to Pittsburgh where it's about 30 degrees. So she's, she's hating me right now at the moment. 
Well, let's break that down really quick, just a little bit deeper. Uh, how, how long were you a police officer? Uh, I was about three years in uh, Chesterfield County, Virginia. I was a county police officer. And then how long with the, the Secret Service? Uh, seven years, uh, two or two and a half or so in uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and then I was up in the D.C. area in the Washington field office for a couple, two or three years. And then over at headquarters with their intelligence division and uh, for an, another two or three, uh, seven total. And then uh, took a job with another agency at the time that was uh, Office of Personal Management's Federal Investigative Services. They've changed names a couple of times since to train uh, uh, background investigators to do national security investigations. Mm -hmm. I did, that was outside Pittsburgh. And now I work at the Federal Law Enforcement Training Center uh, down in Georgia. So so I, I'm still a federal employee, but, but um, have uh, rotated around in the federal government to do a couple of different things. Now, I don't know if it's a misconception on my part that a lot of people aren't aware of this fact, but uh, uh, maybe they aren't. Uh, if they've ever seen To Live and Die in L.A., they know uh, that uh, the Secret Service actually is part of the Treasury Department, or was anyway. Is it still? Uh, no, it was. Um, it was until, I think, 2003 we, went, we shifted at the time uh, under Homeland Security. And... Uh, that makes more sense, eh? It did um, at the time. Um, but then, uh, actually, if you Google it today or yesterday, it was in the news again. There's a big push to move the Secret Service back under Treasury. Uh, what comes around goes around. Now, huh. they're, because they're having to fight for budget under under DHS with all these other agencies, and, uh, of course, there's, there's some talk about the protection cost and not wanting that out there because of some controversy with uh, protection costs. There's talk about moving it back under Treasury, so I don't know where they'll ultimately end up. But um, it, it was under DHS for a lot of the time that I was there, and it's under DHS now. So uh, when people think of the Secret Service, obviously they think of of, of protecting, you know, the uh, the politician or or whoever. Um, did your duties ever include that? Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a misconception when you're with the Secret Service. Is uh, people think that. Um, you only protect the president or vice president or whoever, maybe um, if you're assigned to that detail, the, the funny thing is um, you, you, everybody in the secret service, it's a small agency. Um, and it was even smaller when I was there. So it was you know, 2000 agents, uh, which doesn't, which may sound big, but it's not. Um, so I think, I think I was a week out of the Academy and I was in all of a sudden I was shipped from Richmond, Virginia to Syracuse, New York and protecting the first lady. And then, you know, weeks later I'm protecting the president in New York or somewhere. I, it, it just, you, you bounce around and you work different protection assignments and then you might be on a visiting head of state protecting the president of Costa Rica or, uh, you know, prime minister of uh, Israel might be in town um, somewhere. So, um, it's everybody ends up working protection very frequently. And especially during election year, I came on during an election year. So it was just, you know, I, I basically got to the office and they handed me, you know, a pager at the time, believe it or not, um, a pager and orders and said, you know, get ready. You're going to, you're going to get a whole lot of plane tickets. And I just flew around the country to different sites. Well, I think most people listening would find that, fascinating and exciting i'm sure it was at times i'm sure it also like any job was boring at times as well it it, it for every for
for every you know moment of excitement, and you know how it was, you were in law enforcement. For every moment of excitement, you have hours of boredom. Um, but um, you know that's that's just what comes with the job. Well, let's move into your career as a writer because that's what we're here to talk about for the most part. If someone goes to your website and takes a look at what you've done, um, I think it wouldn't be unfair to sort of divide your writing career into two segments. You, you you wrote looks like about three books that take place in Pittsburgh that are kind of that are thematically and character linked. And then you have your Trevor Galloway series, uh, which is more recent. Am I summing that up correctly or uh, are my investigative skills in need of a little bit of a brush up? No, that, that's pretty accurate. I, I did a kind of an unorthodox trilogy um, for the first three books. Um, they circle around uh, the Pittsburgh area and they uh it was resolved measure twice in chalk's outline and they have some recurring characters that come come in the into those books and then um i ended up uh, starting a new series with um a detective named trevor galloway and that was kind of a, a start with a new publisher as well with down and out books and uh the setting has jumped around a little bit with those it's started in central pennsylvania central pennsylvania he's been in pittsburgh and uh now that series has kind of drifted to savannah as well and um and back and forth to pittsburgh so, what a weird coincidence no it's, it's I, I do enjoy writing where i've been to um even though i'm working on a standalone now that dives into a couple of different areas but uh i, I enjoy cities that have a lot of history and character to them as well. Unfortunately, Pittsburgh and Savannah provide those settings. Well, in, in your Trevor Galloway series in particular, there, there's a real musical motif uh, throughout. You know, I have a copy of Record Scratch. One of the things that struck me right away was that you you don't have chapters. Uh, you have track listings, you know, in place of chapters, which I thought was pretty clever. Why, why the musical motif? What's behind that? Um, that's a device I've used in, in a few different books with, um, instead of the typical chapters, um, in my first book, Resolve, I used, um, it was a, dealing with a murder, um, a planned murder at, against the backdrop of a marathon. So I used 26.2 miles instead of chapters, because um, mm. the distance of a marathon is uh, 26.2 miles. Uh, for Measure Twice, I used the 12 step, steps of addiction recovery, because that played into the story. Uh, with record, the record scratch, he, uh, the detective is looking for a vinyl album as part of the murder investigation, and there's uh, a certain number of tracks on that album. Uh, so I just thought, well, I'm just going to instead of chapters, I'm going to use tracks and uh, a song title for each of those tracks, and the song title hints at the action in the chapter. Um, I did the same thing for my the next Trevor Galloway book, Forgiveness Dies. Each one is a photo photograph on or a uh, a frame uh, on a um, reel of film uh, for 35 millimeter camera. So it's frame one, frame two, frame three, and there's a description of the photograph. So for me, I don't outline when I write books. Um, I find if I try to outline something to me, if I write a plan, I stick with it. And even if a better idea comes along, I will stick with the plan because that's my nature. So I can't outline, um, but I need, sometimes I need a structure of some sort, even if it's a broad structure. So having some sort of framework when I'm writing, if it's just a, a chapter structure, um, sometimes that just gives me some sort of, um, some sort of general framework to keep, keep me within bounds, uh, to, to keep me writing. And uh, so I don't feel like I'm just freewheeling it through, through the book. 
yeah, it gives you some foul lines to stay within, even though you're not uh, uh, rigidly outlining. That's that's fascinating. I, I really like uh, particularly the, the the vinyl record album concept with the song you know, playing into the action within the chapter is fascinating to me. I'm, I've been meaning to read Record Scratch for like a year now. I keep picking it up and, and starting it, and then inevitably, ping, your library book is available, and if you don't read it now, you lose it, so it goes back on the stack, and probably shouldn't be telling you that as the author. It makes it sound like I don't value the no, book. You're giving me a great idea. I need to make my books that they self-destruct after a certain amount of time. <laughs> that's, that's not a bad idea. Uh, but it's, I, I mean, I like what I've read and I definitely like the, uh, I like the concept. I think it's pretty cool. The way you've done it in, in several books is, is I think it's clever. I think it's, uh, it's different. And, you know, if you are trying to reach readers who read a lot, that's what they're going to crave. They're going to crave something a little different, familiar, but different is, is highly desirable. I think for most readers, I think so. Or at least I hope so, because I, I know that's how I feel when I read books Because first and foremost, I'm a reader. I always love it when I pick up a book and I'm like, okay, this is different. This is, this is creative. I like this. And you know, the way you've created a, uh, a rock and roll legend named Jimmy Spartan. Um, did you base him on anyone or is he made out of whole cloth? Um, no, he, he's completely uh, fictional. Um, other than the fact that, uh, you know, so many of our eighties rock legends seem like such a cliche. So you can print the, a lot of them just seem cookie cutter so um not one in particular you can just kind of pick one <laughs> okay you know we talked about trevor galloway a bit but we really haven't talked about trevor galloway who is he what he what's his story what's why, why should people be excited about uh following his adventures because there's three of them here already the so tre- trevor is an interesting case because he was a um he's a former narcotics detective out of pittsburgh who ended up uh being abducted by uh, a drug game that he was investigating and things did not go well for him during that abduction. And he's got really some PTSD issues from that. And through that, he's got all sorts of psychological issues and, and he had some addiction issues as well. But one of the after effects of, of that is um, he's got some hallucinations and the hallucinations uh, he can get rid of if he takes his medication. But if, if he takes his medication, his, his senses are dulled. He doesn't think analytically well. Um, he's basically useless as an investigator, which is pretty much his life. Um, he, he really needs puzzles to solve, to feed his, 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 he really almost has an addictive personality, which really there's debate whether that's really a thing, but he really either needs a puzzle to solve or he will fall back into some other addictive ways. So uh, he, he tends to kind of get off of his medication, which causes all sorts of problems um, because then he sees hallucinations. And he also has some members of this drug gang that abducted him before trying to kill him. So that adds another layer of complexity because there's people out there trying to kill him, but he doesn't always know who's real or not. Uh, So sometimes he sees these hallucinations and he doesn't know who the real threat is. Um, And then he also uh, is working cases and has suspect pools and sometimes he has to sort out who's real and who's not uh it it obviously has all sorts of layers of of difficulty for him when he's trying to sort through facts and he can't can't trust the people he's talking to can't trust the people who are giving him information and often he can't trust himself wow 
that is so down and out books that it's crazy. I mean, that is a, a very dark character. And, and I don't think I've encountered a character struggling with that type of situation who's also trying to do the type of things that, that Trevor was trying to do. Yeah, he he's really, really terrible for detective work. He honestly should <laughs> get like a really, really relaxing job somewhere, but uh, he just refuses to do it. Well, I mentioned early on that uh, I get a few laughs every week from from your posts uh, on social media, uh, but it is somewhat at odds with uh, particularly your Trevor Galloway series, which is pretty dark. You know, are, are these just uh, you know the yin and yang of J.J. Hensley going on there, or, or what? It's probably because the perception of me, if anybody who's ever actually seen me in person. Is I look very I look very Trevor Galloway as far as I'm I'm I look very stoic I look very serious I look people think oh well you know you got that from the Secret Service no this is my kindergarten photo this is my first grade photo this is my second grade photo I don't smile much I'm I have a very dry sense of humor I'm very self deprecating so I look very serious and I can and I can be I can look very imposing sometimes especially if I'm, if if I'm deep in thought so. I, I can look like Trevor Galloway sometimes, but then sometimes I'll open my mouth and people are like, okay, now we don't know if you're being serious or if, if you're just, <laughs> if, if you're insane. So, so I, I think maybe Trevor Galloway is just the, the way that people perceive me before I actually open my mouth sometimes. Uh, um, and social media, people don't get a chance to see me very well except for the tiny little profile picture next to my uh-huh. Twitter handle or Facebook uh, author page, but uh, but yeah, that's that's the running joke is uh, people see me and I just don't smile much. They're always trying to get me to smile, which backfires miserably. And then uh, <laughs> the other running joke is that people think I'm like six foot four and I'm, I'm six feet tall, but I don't know why that is either. So we bought a car the other day. We're we're at a Volkswagen dealership, and and I think we got a better deal on the car because the, the manager thought I was pissed off. And I was actually happy with the deal we were getting, but he, 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 I think he lowered the price. So I was like, "All right, no. yeah, you're not going to leave, not going to leave money on the table, right?" Uh, <laughs> I was all right. I was, I was fine with the way it is, but I think he thought I was going to come across the table or something. But I was just, I was just, I was just doing math in my head. I was like, "All right." That's that's funny. Well, you mentioned you were working on a standalone, uh, so I'd like to hear about that and uh, and then close out with uh, one last question. But tell me about the uh, about the new book if you can. Uh, yeah, I just started started that one. Um, it, that one's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's going to uh, take place in uh, uh, St. Augustine, Florida, and um, I think Pittsburgh and. Um, it's going to deal, it's not going to be a typical, uh, detective novel. It's not going to be a police procedure or anything like that. Um, it's going to deal with, uh, a little bit of reincarnation, which is something that I've never delved in before. So it's going to go a little bit, a little bit, I don't know if it's metaphysical or uh, supernatural or how you want to deem it, but, uh, it's good. I, I did a short story that touched on that a long time ago. So yeah, I've always wanted to write a full novel on that. So I'm going to, put the Galloway series on hold for the moment and go into that and um, see where that goes. But I'm, I've been waiting to do this book for a while, but wanted to get the, get another couple books of the Galloway series done. And uh, having living where I live now, we, we go down to St. Augustine, Florida every once in a while. And it's, it's a, just a, a fantastic setting to, to do some things there. And, and I, t- I tend to avoid, 
cities where a lot of books are set. So I avoid the the New Yorks and the Chicago's and the LA's and I, I, I like doing different settings that aren't your, your typical book settings. So, so I, I enjoy doing things like that. Well, St. Augustine, if I'm not mistaken, is the oldest city in the continental U.S., right? Uh, yeah, the longest uh, that one that's been inhabited uh, continuously. So um, there's there's a, a fort there that's 300 years old, and uh, the the Spanish architecture there is fantastic. So it's it's a uh, it's a perfect setting. It's it's a bit of a tourist trap at times, but it's it's, it's really a, just a wonderful place to at least set part of a book. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I think uh, all of us have a book or two that we've that we want to get to that's a little outside of our normal uh, wheelhouse. And uh, and I think it's great that you're doing it. Um, it does answer. You did answer my uh, my final question, which was, is there another Galloway book coming? Uh, but I'm assuming maybe down the road a bit. I think so. Um, I I think I've got another Galloway book or two in me, um, but uh, we will see. All right. Well, uh, Forgiveness Dies is the most recent one. JJ, I really appreciate you coming on the show. No, thank you for having me. And uh, I do look forward to to seeing you in person again. Yeah, we'll lift a glass and uh, share some stories. Absolutely. Well, there you are, folks. A good conversation with JJ Hensley, uh, a funny guy, nice guy. Uh, interesting approach to the chapters in his books. I think it's pretty cool, and I, I enjoyed talking to him. I hope you enjoyed it as well. On our next episode of a Wrong Place, Right Crime, we're going to talk to Holly West, one of my fellow grifters, and a real hit at the conferences. Uh, we had a great talk, and uh, you can listen to that uh, next week. A quick Zafiro update. Down and Out Books has done a cover reveal for the second book in my Charlie 316 series that I Write with Colin Conway. The second book is called Never the Crime, and the, the cover has been released, so you can check that out at downandoutbooks.com or on my website at franksafiro.com uh, or at Colin's website, colinconway.com. So pick your poison, uh, but it's a cool cover designed by Zach McCain, who also did the Grifter Song covers and the Anya Trilogy covers. Uh, gorgeous covers, a real talented artist. So check that out. Uh, I'd like to say thanks to JJ for coming on the show, Down Out Books for being a great sponsor, and you, the listener, for checking out this podcast. Next episode is Holly West, and until then, this is Frank Zafiro reminding you that sometimes you got to be in the wrong place to rag crime. Mm-hmm.